Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey, and our host with the most is unfortunately been out in the sun too much today, so he is... <laughs> he's baked. <laughs> he's baked. That's I half like this. Baked. He's, would you call it half-baked? Half yeah, baked. that half-baked. But we have a super topic. I really, you know, I don't know of a single man that doesn't deal with this issue as we're talking about the tools of the devil, you know, the things he uses in his toolbox, and I know he uses this on men... So sub- substantially, but to get us to where we are, you know, Rodney, where have we been? Well, let's ro- rewind a little bit and go back to week one. Before we had the Father's Day show last week, we were on our pillar series that we always uh, talk about. And with Tools of the Enemy, we started off with the unforgiveness. Then we moved into agreements, which was about vows and bitter roots. Then we got into some busyness and forgot all about what we were actually talking about about that time. Because then we got into condemnation, couldn't remember what the heck we were talking about. <laughs> then we took a week off and did Father's Day, which was wonderful. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. that. And then we're now getting into neglect and marginalization, which kind of leads to the orphan spirit. Right. And that sense of, if this is going to happen, it's up to me. Right. Mm. I'm on my own. Nobody's here to help me. I'm all alone. And so, Andy, your clip does that oh too well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, this clip is from a movie I used to watch with my daughter um, years ago and didn't really get the full idea of it. But it's this is a really dramatic clip, a really, I don't know, emotional clip. But what's happening, it's called The War. Uh, Kevin Costner's in it and Elijah Wood. I can't remember the characters' names. But... Um, What's essentially happened is the father's went off to war. He's came back. He has PTSD. Um, he's trying to become the father and the husband that he's supposed to be. He's struggled with that. He's had some victory and helped the family out. But then, but then he dies, and this is his son's response to his death. Your daddy just died. No. no. It wasn't painful. His heart. Just quit pumping. But he's going to be okay. He cannot die. He's all machines. Son, they took him off. Well, tell him to put him back on. Call him. Honey. Why'd they take him off, Ma? Because it costs too much? No. You understand, don't you? I understand that everybody just give up on him. Don't you know nothing could have kept your father away from you, given he had a choice? I bet he's up there right now in heaven, looking down on us. He's going to be able to look out for us the rest of our lives. Yeah. Well, I sure hope he does a better job than when he was alive. Don't say that, Stu. Why not? You thought he was a deadbeat. I never said that. 
For all I know, he could have been an angel. Maybe he's looking down on us now. Maybe he died in that war and got sent him back for one last visit. For what? To get our hopes up? To promise us he'd stay forever? And we're gonna have a big house with a tie swing and a vanity and a picket fence? And then just leave? Again? What kind of loused up angel is that? He didn't mean to leave. <laughs> no, he didn't mean it. I think God just took him on home. Where is home, Ma? The stupid Lord can have him later. Why does God take everything, Ma? Bad enough for our house and all our things. Why do you have to take my daddy? What did I do so wrong that he'd have to take my daddy? Oh, no. You didn't do nothing. He could have took anybody. Charles Manson, super old people, already been around a hundred years. My dad was only 34 years old. I needed him more than you got. I needed him more. I want him back more. <laughs> we all do. Man, you just hear the anguish in that kid's voice. And, you know, there's a lot of people that live that way that have had that, you know, presence of a father taken from them at a young age from various different reasons, broken home, death, whatever it may be. And, you know, I think really I saw two of the aspects, maybe not marginalization, that's other parts of the movie, but you definitely see neglect where the father didn't come back and do all that the kid, you know, thought he should. But then also him passing and feeling like his father passing and then the child feeling like he, he truly is an orphan, and he struggled with that. The, the movie goes on and it tells how he's kind of trying to figure things out in his community and fighting these these mean kids off and various stuff. But, you know, you could see where the kid in that movie t- goes and takes control of his life. I don't need anyone else. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing on my own. And that's the way so many men live, is an independent spirit. That's exactly where the enemy wants you to be. That is a true tool to feel like you're isolated. It's all up to you. And if I don't come through, it's not going to happen, which sounds good. We've promoted that idea in society a lot of times. It sounds great, but really what it does is it, it eats at your heart. It takes away from it because we were not meant to live this life without a father intimately involved in our life which sets up you know you couldn't even if, if you worked at it you you, <laughs> you couldn't set, set up rodney's clip better than that but go ahead rodney you got yeah and just add in their community yeah yeah you know that's what we're meant to be so if you are a child that has a background mm-hmm. like you just heard in that clip and what you end up turning into is lone wolf mcquade you end up with a, being a man who's like, no, I can do it all on my own. I live on my own. I live away from everybody else. And in this clip, you have the sergeant finally trying to assign him a partner because he's been by himself this whole time. He injured himself. He's kind of working back into you know fighting shape because it is Chuck Norris. So you got the uh, young buck being partnered with him, shows up stupidly at his house, and, you know, lets himself in and next thing you hear is you'll hear the 45 cock on him you know being pulled on him he's you know just letting him know hey i'm here because i'm your partner and he's like chuck norris is having none of that ranger what are you doing here i i came to wake you up i'm your new partner remember kid get out of here and forget that partner crap. But Captain Tyler... Tell Tyler to shove it. 
padre! Yeah, so you can hear the partner just tearing off, getting out of there, and that was his uh, wolf. That was Lone Wolf McQuaid's pet wolf growling at him. So, I mean, he's he's definitely a, a loner. You don't get many friends around when you have a wolf guarding your outside. Yeah, and there's so many movies. Rambo, you know, you, yeah. you just think of all of the the ones that, you know, essentially Lone Ranger. I mean, you know, yeah. Claire back in the 50s or the 40s when, when that came out, you know, the whole idea is, you know, we can man up and, and do this stuff and it's um it it it's it's a shame it's almost glorified because it it really is a heartbreak position of of, of being alone which is in no way means or whatever supposed to happen right jim you got something yeah the uh i identify with it cuz way back last millennium when i was in school rugged individualism was what built America? That was what we were taught in school. I don't know what they're teaching now, but I'm pretty sure that ain't it. Right. And it's an interesting balance to, to you've got what it takes, mm-hmm. right? That's something we need from our fathers. But here we're going to prove what it, we have what it takes, you know, isolated. Right. Yeah. To, you know, out of community. And obviously, you know, Satan loves to slip that. Yep. Yeah, you just think about it. Gospels, New Testament. Jesus started healing and all that stuff, and he didn't bother to call the 12 disciples. He didn't need those guys. They were knuckleheads. He came to teach them something, but he had taught them he wanted friends. He wanted community. He wanted to share in the experience, and that a lot of times we 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 forget the need for that. Yeah, and Peter almost went right rogue on him, like went that direction where he was all on his own, and then – you know, that little boy was wishing that Harold be dead. I didn't understand that. You know, super old people. Did you resemble that remark, Harold? <laughs> it's amazing how young 80 can be. It's uh, one of the things that has intrigued me is, is the way that God has created our minds. We can think back on little tiny details from when we were very young, and then there are things that happened last week that we can't remember. So our minds are funny things, but God made us that way, and I think it's important. There are two, two things that I think impact how we relate to other people, and one of my favorite sayings is, which is worse, ignorance or apathy? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that influences how a lot of times kids are brought up. The parents are ignorant of how they ought to bring them up, and they're apathetic because they're so wrapped up in themselves that they don't realize what they're doing to the children. But you had this, I mean, you know, and I know the stories of the of the men here that your particular story was not unlike, um, you know, that, that movie War where your dad was kind of taken out of the picture for some unknown reason and didn't really seem to qualify as a dad, and that led to that whole thing with you, right? Well, there were a lot of factors involved. Yeah, my dad had a problem with alcohol, and during my first five or six years, he was rarely around. He was off working, and when he would come in for the weekend, he'd be drunk by the time he got there. So there was a lot of resentment uh, and anger 
on my part. Uh, later on, uh, he he had a statement that he made to me many times, and I didn't really fully realize the intent of it until I was much older. But he told me, "Son, get yourself an education so you don't have to work like I do," because he was uh, mainly working installing gas pipeline and stuff, and it didn't matter how hot it was or how cold it was. He had to be out there in it doing his job. And it, it struck me many years later that, you know, he didn't he didn't tell me, you know, that I needed to go to school or whatever. It was get yourself. And so that instilled in me that attitude of, well, it's all up to me. And so I did it. And, uh, you know, it, to me it turned out good in that respect, but uh, it did isolate me to a certain extent. Yeah, it's an interesting choice of words that, of course, Satan kind of twisted that so that it had the bite of yourself, really, where your father was, was sharing that love. Well, we're going to be back with more on this idea of the orphan spirit and marginalization. Remember, we got an entrenchment coming up. Don't want, we got to talk about that when we come back. One of the things that's been a true joy to me is having my sons go with me to boot camps and watching them get an understanding that I wished I would have had at their age. It took me several years and I'm still probably learning it a little bit as we go, but watching them get a good foothold into manhood and understanding what's important, what their role is, and how to stay away from the enemy. To receive healing and restoration in the way that you love on others. Register today at MasculineJourney.org. One of my favorite things about boot camp, well, the favorite thing about boot camp is every time I go, I encounter God. And as anyone that has encountered God knows, generally speaking, it's nothing we expect. Real encounter with God out of the blue. He knew what I needed. I knew what I wanted. And those two were rarely the same thing. Register today at MasculineJourney.org. My son turned 10 just the other day He said, thanks for the ball, Dad, come on, let's play Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today, I got a lot to do He said, that's okay And he walked away, but his smile never did And said, I'm gonna be like him Yeah, you know I'm gonna be like him And I, I know, Andy, that you picked that bump for a very mm-hmm. wonderful reason on a lot of levels, but Andy's just come back from an adventure with his family. And the fascinating thing about that clip is it speaks to your heart in a great way about your father, but it was actually Satan twisted that clip to make him feel like he was on his own. Yeah. Um, so dad grew up, um, to where his father left him in a, in an early age, much earlier than he left mine and was, uh, raised with an alcoholic grandfather, and I think probably he had a lot of that. It kind of transferred to my brother. My brother actually played that for me one time, speaking of where he felt like my father had neglected him. Now, and this was your older brother. This is my older brother, yeah. And, you know, those things are, they. I think they're a twist. I, th- I saw Dad as having invested in him. Now, it wasn't like me. I like sports. My dad liked that and gave me attention that way. And I, but and I think my brother kind of felt like that he was neglected. But I think some of the some of it is the enemy twist that. There's a, there's a reality. The enemy take a certain amount of truth and then twist it 
or a perception. Maybe it's not the truth, but a perception, perceived truth, and twist it, and it can really affect things. But you know, my I think there's been some healing on my uh, my brother and and seeing those things from dad. But that song is powerful. There are so many people that talk go to that song when you talk about neglect or an orphan spirit that they go to yeah, catch in the cradle. It's more than cool that your brother would share that, right? Yeah, that he yeah. would go to that place where, you know, oh my goodness, yeah. you know, that's an intimate, you know, I don't, you know, re- revelation to yeah. some extent. And so Danny, how about in your life, when did you decide it was up to you? I can never remember not thinking it was up to me. Really? Yeah. The, um, that's interesting because I was thinking about my son and my wife gave me a, a sword for Father's Day. But, you know, our attributes are like double-edged swords. There is that God-given part of independence and and that that do-it-yourself kind of thing that is God-given. But the enemy twists it to be, well, I've got to do it because there's nobody around to help me. And I can remember being... I think they call it a strong-willed child. Um, you know, if mom were still here, she'd say amen. And but and my it's in my daughter. But the the thing is, is that I the enemy twisted that to be nobody's going to help you. They pick on you, and even God picks on you. So you're going to have to learn to do it yourself. And that added to that orphan spirit that you know because I had good parents, had a good home life. But yet there was something in this makeup that said nobody's going to help you, and you know you're 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 the lone wolf. You're marginalized, so you're just going to have to figure this out on your own. And that has caused me much grief in my life. But it also has those. I'm going to say it, Robbie. There is some prego sauce in there. You know what I mean? There is, and and because there has to be something about that that God put there. That, that I need at times, but to you can't use it by yourself. That, that's the key is you, we're made for community. We're wired that way, and when you take it to the lone wolf mentality, I think that's where we get in trouble. That's where I do. I don't know about y'all. Oh, man. Y'all are good, you, decent I, folks. I, I, y'all just I, trying to help me out. I just, so, David, how about you? When, when, when in your life, what happened where you thought, well, I guess I'm on this. I got to handle it myself. Uh, you know, so like we were talking about, the enemy uses that and twists it around to really just, uh, you know, turn it to where we're by ourselves and and nobody likes you and everybody hates you. Uh, it happens, you know, throughout life all the time, especially as men. You know, I was just at a men's group not too long ago where <clears throat> I was telling a story and immediately he, he hit with that. Like, nobody cares what you're saying. Nobody wants to listen to that. Um, for me, it really changed when uh, I kept neglecting my faith and and. And God speaking to me finally when God stepped in and said, you're not going to neglect that anymore and basically put, um, you know, another human being that she's been my daughter my whole life. Both of my kids are, have been, but neither one of them have lived with me since, you know, they were barely walking. So when he put Ashlyn back into my life and, and I had to somebody else to take care of, I mean, she really basically broke down that wall of where it wasn't, it, I mean, I wasn't by myself. I mean, now I had to take care of her too. And even though he still wow. comes into tax and is like, you know, you're by yourself on this too. Nobody's coming to help you. And, you know, I have my band of brothers here. Um, you know, my family's there for me. My wife's there for me. So re- really that's where it started opening up the door for me on that. That's that's an awesome insight. It really, really is. I hadn't put that angle to it of, of our, our actual families. Well, 
Jim, you got a clip, man. Um, I got to say, I've heard a lot of clips for this one. This one, I think, is going to grab you, but I'll let you set it up, Jim. Well, like often happens, I was trying very hard to find a clip for hours and failed. And uh, I just started looking up words, and that didn't help much. But I finally landed on abandoned, which goes along with this, and found a short clip, and I only think it's six minutes, that's a movie you can get on YouTube called Abandoned. So it's easy to remember. And this is a daughter that uh, has lost her mom. She's very close to her dad. And then they find out she has cancer and she loses her eyesight. And uh, her father abandons her. And that's where we jump into this yeah, story. Yeah, but I, I, oh, I don't to want to set give up them a everything. couple other things that we got to do. <laughs> I was going to do it afterwards, but you go for it. <laughs> he abandons her. Because he feels like it will strengthen her, but you'll hear at the end of the clip, I think it's important to note, he, he's he been with her. He's been moving the toothpaste in, a, you know, where it would be easy for her to get. He's been there, but she's a runner, and, and she wants to run, and that's the deal. And, then you're, when and they you, were running together before all of this happened. So right, and so at, the end, at, at, at the end, you're going to hear him say, "I, you know, I've got you, and the, she was fixed to run off a cliff. But all of a sudden, he reaches out and grabs her, and then you get to hear what's coming. I thought he would always be there for me. I guess I was wrong. Dad, where are you? Dad! You abandoned me. Where are you, Dad? Where did you go? Do you not love me anymore? Am I still beautiful? Are you no longer proud of me? How could you leave me when I need you the most? Dad? Dad, why did you leave me? Abby thinks I've left her. And as much as it pains me to hear that, she's right. I've left her to realize she's more courageous than she ever imagined. I've left her to discover how beautiful she is from the inside out. I've left her to challenge herself in ways she never considered. I've left her to discover how strong she really is. Whoa, Abby, it's me. It's Dad? Me. It's me, baby. Why did you leave me? I was right here. I was always here. Where did you go? I was always here, Bates. No one believes in you more than I do. My dad says he gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. Love is allowing someone to see their true worth and beauty. I used to think my dreams were over. I thought I'd never run again. And even though I can't see my dad, I know he's guiding me the entire way. And that's the retrospect in life that we should have. I mean, I identified with her at a level of the same one you guys have. We often feel like we're all alone. And I had a great family, but I felt that way more with God than anyone else in my life. And I knew he was there, but I didn't think he was 
there other than to bail me out in the worst of circumstances. And that's what happened in this, and that appealed to me that yeah, he he was doing little things for her to make her life better before he actually saved her life at the edge of the cliff. But God does that with us. He's not going to let us hurt ourselves, but we do get to do what we called with parenting, benign neglect. You leave us on our own so that we can learn from our mistakes that aren't going to be life-threatening. But he's never going to let go of us so that we'll fall completely. He'll let us fall and get back up and come to him when we need him. So if you're listening, I'm sure I feel confident you can relate. Like, wow. I mean, my heart goes all sorts of places when I hear those clips. And so what's cool is, you know, you got to go deep in order to to allow Jesus to come in and, sh- and, and work through some of these things that really affect in your whole life. And so we've got this entrenchment camp coming up. It is F-R-E-E free. It's a weekend. It's in, it's going to be up near Reedsville. It's um, all there at MasculineJourney.org. I mean, you can join us. If you've always wondered about a boot camp and you just want a taste and you didn't want to take the four days off, you know, in order to do that with a full boot camp experience, the entrenchment's a great introductory offer. And as I did I mention it was free? Yes, at least once. And then, of course, you know, We've got another boot camp coming up, and it is the week before Thanksgiving. Is it the 17th through the 20th of November? Um, but, it, you know, easy for me. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving. And so, yeah, you got to ask for a little time off there, but it will be worth it because to me, these aren't issues that you're just going to go like spend a few hours on and get resolution to it. And, and so to actually spend time with God on these very issues that you know have led to the Spirit that you don't seem to have any control over. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but I know in my own life, these things pop up and it seems like it's, it's, I don't even have control over why I'm heading in these particular directions. And, and there is healing and it is all part of getting your heart back. And again, these things are available through this ministry. And as much as we love doing the radio show, and believe me, we love doing the radio show, oh, do we love doing boot camps. <laughs> and so, you know, the only way we can really get a chance to go all that, that God has for you is you, you actually have to step out on a little bit more faith and realize that God is just wanting to father you. He just is, you know, and, and, and so we're hoping that you will go to MasculineJourney.org and right, get information on the entrenchment if you want to try that coming up October, I'm excuse me, September 30th through October 1st or the boot camp again in November. We're so glad you joined us today and we got more coming with the after hours so you can go to the podcast and get that on the after hours of Masculine Journey. We're going to hear Sam's story because he's finally coming out of the oven. This is the Truth Network.